Thank you for listening to the Reactive Attachments podcast. My name is Wednesday, and you are joining me for my segment, Radical Realities. This is my first episode, and my parents are helping me today. You all know them as Taylor and Danielle. Hopefully, by the next episode, it'll just be us. My life is consistently impacted by the realities of RAD. RAD affects how I communicate, how I dress, how I act, and the decisions I make every day. As a teenager with reactive attachment disorder, my mission is to help guide families struggling with RAD and improve the lives of RAD kids. When I am checked into this role, I tap into my self-awareness, breaking down the harsh truths of RAD motive and give thoughtful strategies to break through. If you want your story read on the podcast, or maybe you just need some advice on how to handle a situation with a RAD teenager, send me a message to reactiveattachments at gmail.com. I will personally follow up. You can also contact me via Facebook or Instagram. Search at Sign Reactive Attachments and don't forget to like, follow, and then show your hashtag Radical Reality support by commenting your favorite emoji. For today, I am going with family emojis. I would like to explain my overall goals by outlining the topics we will discuss on my Radical Reality segment as I am working towards maintaining an organized show. Hopefully, this helps listeners navigate episodes within my show. My first objective is how I plan to utilize this platform to influence change within the RAD community. The resources available are misguided and unhelpful. I want to create awareness by sharing my RAD realities and experiences. I am dedicating my time to learn how to podcast and exposing my true self to inspire the change we need in our community. I want to reach as many caregivers in the RAD community as possible to offer my gratitude and support as a RAD teen who is on the caregiver's side. My second objective is to help families and professionals struggling with the realities of teenage RAD by offering experience-based advice and support through the many RAD cycles. You can get breakthroughs with your teenage rad children. You can have honesty in your relationships and family. You can see improvement in your family and rad child. You can know that you as a caregiver for a teenage rad kid, that you are right. You are not crazy. That you deserve a validation for the hard work we children can create. My third objective is I want to build rad teen confidence and awareness by publicly speaking in their language. There is hope for all of us. Let's talk about it. I want teenage rad kids to know how to identify and express their feelings and thoughts. I want to educate the five W's of rad. Who is involved? What happened? When did this happen? What's the timeline? Where did this occur? What's the setting of your environment? And why did this happen? How did you get to this place or reasoning? I want to give praise and props to all the rad teenagers who are evolving into the kids I know we can be and to the things I know we can do. I know we can accomplish these objectives if we work together. We are a community and a family, so let's do it now while we can, before it's too late. Thank you for letting me come on your 
segment. I didn't even know if you were going to let me come on. And I do want to say one thing really quick before you start. Um, we have changed the name that we are going to use. So she's going to be known as Wednesday and identify herself as Wednesday to protect her anonymity and her, her privacy. Um, so I do think it's important that I just validate that. And I also want to say that Danielle was supposed to be here today, but work called and duty is duty. And unfortunately we're just going to kind of move forward so we can get this segment going. Hashtag radical realities, right? Yep. Wednesday. Yep. So today I actually kind of have you know, some questions I want to ask you instead of the other Really? Ones. You never ask me questions. I know. Do you already so know the answer? It's so interesting. Uh, no, it's actually going to be different because, you know, the way I wanted to do the segment was, I, you know, I, like in the intro, I introduced my objectives, but mm -hmm. I actually want to ask your opinion on some of the things that are in my objectives. Perfect. And Let's do it. I want to start with my first objective. So my okay. first objective is how I plan to utilize this platform to influence change within the RAD community. Okay. So, as I said, the resources, the resources available are misguided and unhelpful. Yes. That's my opinion. How do you feel about the resources that are available today? <sighs> well, that's the reason we're doing this. And that's also the reason why I'm promoting you doing it. Because the minute this podcast went live, that landscape changed, didn't it? This podcast is now a resource. Right. To me, it's the only resource that's going to address the actual issues in this community. I mean, I there is nothing but redundant, repetitive information. I know we were talking about, at one point, the first page of Google when you when you type and search reactive attachment disorder, define, or whatever. Yeah. There were seven results on that first page, wasn't there? Uh, there was nine. Nine? And How many of them seven are? Seven out of, oh, no, no, six. Six to seven out of those nine said that... Reactive attachment disorder was rare and uncommon, and that it wasn't likely that your child or what? your, you know, baby newborn would get rare. Would get I mean, would, I mean, would get rad. Would get rad. Yeah. So that's crazy. First of all, yeah, right? It is. Because we know for a fact that that is not the case. We have our own group of very large group. I'm not going to identify any any distinguishing factors there, but right. of of Lots and lots and lots of caregivers that have yeah, rad. Yeah, you said there was like 800. I don't want to say it. Oh, okay. <laughs> there was Sorry. at one point no. 800. Yes. But um, that, and that's an old number. I mean, there's even more now. So it's like, um, it's pretty crazy to think that. I know, like, isn't the Mayo Clinic on the very first page in the top yeah, results? Yeah, and the Mayo Clinic is actually one of the uh, very good resources to look at for. Typically, but yeah. not for rad. Yeah. Um, but it's a common resource that people really rely on and trust. Yeah, and it's like uh, you have this common resource, this resource that people will look up when they want to find out something scientific or um, medically confirmed professionals and things like that. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to RAD, it's like those professionals kind of look downgrade. Yeah, it's, I, I think, mean, like they fall. Yeah, they really do because it's. If they are, if they're contributing and distributing information like rad is rare, mm -hmm. let's have, let me let me say one other thing. Rad is more than just rare. It is also undefined. It's unresearched. The criteria is convoluted. 
So, so you're saying, here's this thing that's under, underwhelmingly uninformed. We don't have a lot of real clear information about it, but we have a real strong stance that it's rare. Right. Or that's what they say. That's what, that's what I mean. Yeah. Think. You know, they think that mm-hmm. Rad is just this, you know, your child can have all of these things that would go to Rad, but they don't actually have Rad. You right. Know, yeah, they this, just have all the trauma. Diagnosis and, yes. You know, it's, it's just, um, you're just being a bad parent and saying that it's Rad because you yeah. can't parent you, them well. Yeah, you can't handle a trauma, a trauma injured child. Right. All right, what's your next question? So, my next question is. And I think it's okay. While you find that, I'll just say I think that using utilizing this platform, how how you're going to utilize it, I think this is a really great way to get started because it is recording and we can do a lot of things with the content, but it's not video, you know, so you don't have to worry about that. And there's plenty of room for you to make edits and we pre-record and yeah, we don't want this podcast to be about you know your looks and no. the, yeah, a lot of people like in this in the world today, people base, you know, the personality and who the person is based mm-hmm. on their looks and how they dress and like. Um, who else does that? Myself. And, yeah. And, and involved also. <laughs> right. So I definitely agree that this is a good idea to do it. Just you know, voice. Voice only for now. Um, yeah. You know, maybe in the future it'll be on like a YouTube. Absolutely, or it will like be. That, but we gotta but manage this part yeah, first. Yeah, we gotta for figure sure. out. Uh, how this is going to go, where it's going to lead. Okay, um, next question. Take us. What's the so, next one? Three. My next one, so for my first objective, I want to create awareness by sharing my rad realities and experiences. Yeah. So sharing what them. do you think about other kids, other rad kids who, you know, they're aware that they have rad, they're at a, an appropriate age to be aware. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about them sharing their rad realities and experiences? So, okay, I guess it's a two-part question. I'm excited for you to utilize your experience and your growth and your breakthrough and all the things you've overcome. And, you know, when you're checked into your awareness, um, I mean, you have really enlightening and empowering advice to give based on your own expertise as a, as a, as a rad kid, you know, teenager with rad. So I think you have a really powerful voice when you um, do the work to stay aware and involved and and you think before you act and you give advice based on what you know and not what you are projecting. Um, and I think that that's a good position as a role model for other kids that are, yeah, maybe they have rad um, and they're aware of that. <clears throat> but my suspicion is that maybe they're not quite as evolved in their understanding um, because we have spent an enormous, ridiculous amount of time focusing on this in the last few years. Yeah, and a lot of the times it's going over the same thing over and over again because it's a, it's a process, it's a concept, you know. Um, it's, yeah, it's a process that requires regular, uh, regularly reevaluating and re-implementing things we know work, getting rid of the things that don't work, trying new things for new breakthroughs, and then it'll be going well, and then it's, it's gone for a while, and we got to yeah. go back through it. Like the example you told me um, not Earlier? too long ago the cruise ship? about the cruise ship. Get the analogy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. You might have to help me. With I'll that, just. I'll, how about I'll do yeah, it, and then we'll break it. it down. This is important. So, uh, we were saying that uh, the relationship with the caregiver and a reactive attachment child, especially a teenager, um, that has some awareness, is like going on a cruise. So. You're on a cruise with your kid, you're having a blast, you're dancing, you're swimming, everything is great, and you look over and then they're gone all of a sudden. 
and you had to find them. You're like, oh my gosh, where are they? You look over the edge, and there's a bunch of people down there swimming, drowning, uh, almost drowning, and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to identify my child. Where's my child? Right, so then you find your child, and uh, you have to say quickly, like, oh my gosh, I have to save my kid. How do I get them? Well, so what do you do? You you hop down there, and you go and you retrieve your kid. You grab your kid, and you climb up that, that old raggedy rope ladder together, and you got him under your arm, um, and you get back on the ship, and all of a sudden your kid's fine. Perfect. Back to normal. Yep. And so what does that mean? So the cruise ship is like when your kid is top-level aware just level five awareness right. all, all the way checked in mm-hmm. all of a sudden the kids are missing just that fast they're checked out right. uh, zero so, awareness back out you know level nothing right and then you're like where's my kid uh so you're evaluating the level of dissociation and you determine okay we're back at ground zero like she said or so at th- this level how unaware that kid is right yeah where we are where where on the scale are we and then you find them and you have to Determine like okay, this is the level we're at, and we have to execute a plan to get them right. back to five. So are they drowning? Are they mm. floating? Are they drifting? Right. So then, when you retrieve the kit, it's like you're evacuating. Uh, you're you're executing and evacuating the dissociation. So you're executing the breakthroughs um, by like implementing a plan and committing to the solution by climbing back up that ladder together. And then when you get back on the ship, it's like, okay, that's confirmation, validation that we're back at level five. But that can happen over and over again uh, in a week, in a month. You can experience the the drowning, saving, bringing back from disassociation to awareness. I mean, mm-hmm. countless times, right? I mean, a rad kid can disassociate in like ten minutes <laughs> or less. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, or less. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why don't you talk? Why don't you explain what that means? A rad kid disassociating. Explain what it feels like. To be aware and just use two sentences to say what it is to be aware, two sentences to what it is to be disassociated. So uh, for me to be aware is to understand my reality, to realize what's happening around me and to see the... uh, be on the outer scope. To zoom out. Yeah, you're zooming out of you know everything you can see the bigger picture you can see you know what's going on why this is happening who's doing what mm-hmm. um, and what does that, it mean to be yeah, disassociated yeah what's important and um what it means to be disassociated for me is um there's no big picture there's no strategy there's there's no plan it's just and usually Whatever decision you make when you're uh, disassociated, it's impulsive. Mm, There's no thoughts behind it. Um, Is it really nothing? Just nothingness? Yeah, it can be. It depends on what level of disassociation you're in. Yeah, so if you're in the zero. If you are at the zero disassociation level, um, it's just nothing. It's nothing. You don't feel anything. You don't really have thoughts. Like, I can stare at a wall for three hours. Just being disassociated, thinking about nothing, um, and you know, most of the time, like as us as red kids are fantasizing, you know, La La Land, mm-hmm. um, thinking about non-realities that aren't real. Yeah, fantasies that aren't yeah, reality. Yeah, checking out. Um, so it's not. Uh, I could say that for me, because I know what being aware is like, 
and because I know I can be aware. It's more of a choice to be aware and to not be aware. It's a more work for you. Yeah, um, especially once I do disassociate. If I'm, if it hasn't been a long time, mm-hmm. I, like once I disassociated and got it, back. Yeah, I got back. If it hasn't been a long period of time, then it's it's easy. It's not that hard. But Pull yourself it, right back in. Yeah, yeah. But if it's like a week or weeks. a month or weeks, yeah, um, it can be very hard to. Let go, huh? Yeah, to get back in. And that's another thing why it's so important that we have the caregivers and parents support. And, uh, like, you know, it's it's very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that it's very hard. I have I can't even tell you how many times my parents have had to reel me back in. Um, it's a constant struggle. Yeah, and almost every time they have to find out some new way to help me engage and you know, get me to want to be aware. What's great about it, though, is this. It's like, um, you know, we I can't sit here and pretend it's all rainbows and sunshine because, you know, we have cycles of complete desperation and frustration and, and just being like, okay, I'm done. I can't do this for now, for a while. But when we all gather our energies back and we get, you know, committed to a plan and we pull you back in, you know, I'm always so stunned at just, like, how incredible it is to experience your company and your energy and your intellect when you are aware. And I can't imagine, you know, this is where this is where the um, lack of understanding comes in. It doesn't mean there isn't compassion, but the lack of understanding comes in at like, I can't imagine not wanting to be in that place all the time because it's so so spectacular. Like when you are at a level five, it's just, right. it's, it's impressive. You know, I, yeah. I love it. And then I get very sad when you leave. <laughs> yeah. So we're always um, working on it together. We're yeah. not perfect just because we yeah. have this podcast. Doesn't mean we got it all figured out. We still yeah. have real rad issues, radical mm-hmm. realities. Every day. Um, like, literally just last night, I was, um, my mom, Danielle, she was allowing me to, you know, watch TV, and I had some free reign over the TV, and she knew since I woke up that I was checked out. and. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that's actually really important to me, even though most of the time, especially if I'm unaware, I hate that they know me so well, mm-hmm. and it makes me want to push them away even more. Um, that's oh, we can pretty, tell. That's very common, actually, I think. Yes, it is. Um, but when I am aware, I love that they know me, and I've actually, like, cried over it, mm-hmm. because it's like, uh, when you have a parent that knows you so well, they can help you, and especially when you need help, like, Achieve your goals. Yeah, they can help us achieve this goal, our goals. They can help us understand things. We can learn from them. And, you know, when we're aware, we can realize that it's out of love. It's out of um, care mm, and concern, want. Yeah. And concern and just genuinely Do- wanting us to have a better life. And that's yes. something that's very important. You need to pause for a minute because it's really important to say that. And I'd rather talk about this for a few minutes than then finish the questions because we can do that on your next episode or another time. Maybe mom can answer the rest. So I think it's really important that you explain that, you know, I think you spending a little bit of time, um, you know, like slow down and think about it because this is, this is a really, you just hit a big topic. Um, when we are, you said when we are aware, we can identify that it's out of love and concern and you, you just kind of, (laughs) explained and listed off all the things that these burnt out, overwhelmed, invalidated caregivers are dealing with in the sense of like they're doing all the same things that we're doing or they've tried or they've given it their best effort and they haven't had these breakthroughs and they they don't get to hear that um, 
that simple explanation of a normal parent expectation and bond and recognition for like I love you I care for you Mm -hmm. it's so so much opposition and there's a lot of you know um tension and discomfort but the fact that you have experienced and felt those moments where you were grateful and you loved us and you were impressed at our level of awareness of you knowing you like hello what do you think we do all day Mm -hmm. you know you think we're joking when we when we are uh evaluating and breaking through and making these strategies like we're very much aware of your language and how to speak in your language. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important that you know and that you discuss um, what those moments are like when you have those moments of reckoning where you're like, wait, this person makes me feel these things or I feel these things about my mom, I feel these things about um, myself as her daughter, whatever. And then also take a brief moment to explain the difference from when you are assessing your, your parental relationships Aware versus unaware. Okay. Well, it's uh, it's kind of hard because you really have to be checked in to realize, um, like to even think about those things. Mm-hmm. So I bet. <laughs> I just hope I can get this right. You're checked in. You got it. Yeah. You can do um, it. So basically, when we're unaware, we are even more oppositional than we are when we're aware. Um, oppositional for a rad kid, especially for me, comes uh, instinctual and very natural. Um, you know, it can be a choice, but a lot of times it's just impulsive. Um, and we don't really realize we're doing it. My opposition is so deep within me that, you know, things like, uh, what was the thing that happened earlier the other day? It happens all the time. I know, but the other day, it was like, it's so deep within you. You don't even recognize it? Yeah. Um, I don't remember because it's all day, every day. I mean, literally, it's just, if I say, this is blue, you're like, oh, I don't know, it's periwinkle. (laughs) Right. Oh, that looks really cute. Cute? I don't know. I all of a sudden don't like it anymore. Right. It could be the best thing you ever tried. You could love it. The minute I love it, you're like, I hate it. Yeah. Um... So that's one of the things that gets a lot worse between the parent, especially between the nurturing enemy, which is a very big topic, uh, topic especially with opposition and, you know, the caregiver. Um, let's, let's, let's explain that real quick. The nurturing okay. enemy, I'll just give the definition, um, which we, you know, we're going to, of course, expand on the, over the period of this podcast. But um, nurturing enemy is typically the, mo- the most maternal role of the primary caregiver, whether it's foster or adopted, um, biological parent, or it's an aunt, a grandparent, whatever, whoever that primary nurturing maternal figure is, Mm -hmm. um, tends to have the most negative relationship and uh, anticlimactic bond. Like, if there is a bond at all, it's, it's really, really manifested and nurtured by a person who is being consistently rejected by their child. Right. Yeah. Um, and most of it, in most cases, it is a woman, a motherly figure. Mm-hmm. Um, in my case, I have two moms. Mm-hmm. But to help you uh, to clarify some things, like if you have a husband or even mm-hmm. if you have a wife, um, most of the time the nurturing enemy is going to be the, you know, the, the one that pushes you to do the most work, the one that makes you look deep within yourself and become higher demands right um it's like the it's the natural it's, it's the dominant right but it's the natural it's the natural parent that should be strong the most strong bond should occur with is the right. one so like 
for me, it's, I mean, I've been there consistently every day, day in and day out, dealing with all of your stuff for the most, you know, the deepest connection should be with us. But it's far deeper with you and mom, with Danielle and you. And you want to tell, you want yeah. to say what that feels like? Um, so for me and my mom, Danielle, mm-hmm. uh, she is more of the comfort zone. Yeah. She's the one I would go to if I need to talk to her. Um, and you do or, go to. Yeah, I, I always go to her, just even naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, my mom, she got me an iPhone for my safety mm-hmm. um, because of the choices I made. And... I have the ability to text her and my mom. And at school, is you know, I have a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so when I have anxiety attacks, I usually call Danielle. Right. And not, I just not recently, usually, always. No, I always, always do. I just recently realized that it would probably be the better choice to call Taylor, my other mom. I don't know. I think that mom is probably a good source for anxiety. But when there is maybe like a, an, not an emergency, but like, if it's anxiety-based, I could see that. But there's never a time where you identify me as the right, right. parent, yeah. I think, to mm-hmm. talk to you yeah. about things. I automatically go straight to, to mom. Yeah. 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 Um, so it's like, you know, if you're a wife and a husband type of situation, the father mm-hmm. figure is going to be the comfort zone for your child. Triangulated uh, a lot. Yeah. I Especially if, it's, um, if you have a little girl or... It's, yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, to clarify and not cross any boundaries here, it's just like um, typically there is that level of male protective um, instinct that that provides a, an additional layer of manipulation, triangulation. So they work on the dad and they make dad think it's just a sweet, pretty little daddy's girl, and meantime they're running amok on mom, and right. then mom looks crazy, mm-hmm. and dad's on your team and nobody's on mom's team, right? right? And uh. That's also different for me because, number one, my parents are so aware and so intact with each other and on the same team yes. that I cannot manipulate them or, you know, lie to them or, you know, turn split, them against parent each other. Split, yeah. Um, and I think that's actually a very important... Uh, element. Yeah, mm-hmm. a very important element to have when you have a rad kid is that you and your, you know, your spouse. people, your spouse, your loved one are on the same team, that you understand each other, you agree with each other, that you know each other. We talk about everything, well whether you're there yeah. or not. Yeah. Right, that you, you know, Transparency. you talk about everything, because if you don't, uh, that manipulation kids, gets in. Yeah, that rat, you know, rat kids, they can destroy relationships, uh, they can, you know, make you uh, have divorce, or get rid of an animal that you love, or, yeah. you know, have bad breakups, or, um, you know, never be able to go out and have you know, a good personal date night time, or yeah. personal time, and um, yeah, it can be it can be really really hard for uh, the, the caregivers of rad kids. It is hard, and yeah. It's I hard, and it's not. It, it's hard, and it's not recognized a lot. And that's you know, just we're getting close to kind of like the point that I I want to make sure that we're we're not you know carrying on too long. So we're getting kind of to the end of, of where I think we should stop. But in these last few minutes, I wanted I do want to say, and I want. I would like for you to talk about it, if you can, for a few minutes, that what really kind of started all of this, if we go back to the beginning, this started this started about two years ago with just her exploring her own reactive attachment disorder and having these like really big breakthroughs and regressions and on and on. But we recognized that she had a unique perspective as a kid with reactive attachment disorder because 
she really does support the caregiver community. Like, she can see where Rad destroys families because the outside world is telling us all this weird information, right? That's the mm-hmm. bad resources you right. talked about. We have family members and friends that are constantly interfering with parenting. Oh, I mean, and you you can even give examples of that. Where I mean, it's it's annoying because you know we we have my mom's when we moved here. We had uh, friends in particular that you know I stayed the night at, and you know maybe they're not the healthiest to stay the night at, um, but. They were fully would, aware of, like, all the trauma, all the things. Yeah. And they start telling you how to parent your kid that they don't know that yeah. well. Um, or they'll tell your kid, like, oh, I don't know why she's doing that. That's wrong or stupid. And, you know. She's being too hard on you. Yeah. And if you are a rad kid at the moment and you're unaware or you're in a bad place or you feel negative, you're going to agree with them. Capitalize you're gonna on that. And yeah. Get them to give you sympathy and. Take advantage you know, of it. Yeah. Manipulate them. Um, if you are aware, though. Like, for me, most of the time, I'm in both places. So, like, when I am talking to that person, I will feed into it. I will agree. Mm-hmm. I will, you know, I'll speak how I You'll feel. You'll see how far moment. you can get it. Right. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, I'm, like, halfway aware. So, it's, like, at the end of it, when I go back home, I tell my mom, like, she said these things, and I think they're annoying, and I think she's wrong. And, you know, even in the moment, if I agreed with her or I validated her, it's more because of the opposition and the, you know... Opportunity. Yeah, the opportunity because, you know, us rad kids, we're always going to take the bad mm-hmm. opportunities. Um, but... The, yeah, that's... And that's the it's thing. It's just like, those are one of the situations where it's annoying. It's like... That was a friend. Opinion, you know? That's a friend, but we have it with family, too. Mm-hmm. We, um, you know, my, my family, who's like, always like, oh, it's... You know, you're so hard on her. She's in... You know, we've all experienced right. it. Anyone listening to this already mm-hmm. knows, but... Right. There's nobody typically that's understanding on the outside of the rad caregiver house. So they have their systems and maybe they work. Maybe they're not working at the mm-hmm. moment. But the friends and the family are usually being triangulated, manipulated. They're, they're coming up with their own ideas. And I think it's interesting and it's very, it's very validating for us that you can see and be honest about the fact that that does not help. It's bad no, it news. Doesn't. We need them to understand we need what we need is for the community to number one accept the realities yep. and then apply solutions apply like apply the things that we can do um ask what's know, working how can i help yeah like uh what are the I boundaries have, yeah especially like boundaries and morals and morals you know because yeah. us rad kids like we don't have any boundaries <laughs> you know we don't start out with boundaries we don't, we don't have rights and wrongs like you know, well, you we, do, always tell yourself yes, right? Yeah, always tell yourself yes. It's always about us, and it's always about what we want, and we we get it when we want to. Well, I mean, I think that's 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 a unique place, and like, let me be clear: when she's aware, this is this is her, you know, her ability to process and 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 deconstruct things. It's stellar. I mean, it's very impressive. Then, when you're not aware, when you're not aware. Um, all of it goes away and it's very hard to get it back because the manipulation's intact and it still has that quality of deeply impressive uh, intellect, but it's manipulating and other people don't see it. And it's not just in this. Look, you have mild a mild case of, right. of the most severe forms that we've seen, mm-hmm. right? But we know that there are other kids that are having that same experience and their, their case is violent. Uh, they, they can be very aggressive. They can be destructive, destroying things, hitting, 
um, being extremely violent towards siblings, all this stuff. And there's still outsiders saying that it's not them. It's normal. Oh, he's just being a boy. Oh, she's going through puberty. Oh, she didn't mean that. She wouldn't say that. I mean, right. and they're just, they're, they're taking away any kind of credibility from the caregiver, mm-hmm. validating all the craziness and chaos. Right. And it's not helpful. So, I mean, in closing, well, no, sorry, Liz, I just, I don't want to cut you off. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just want you to kind of, um, in closing, I want you to just tell the caregivers out there what you think about their situations and, and why you care about them. Um... What I think about your situations is that um, it's a harsh reality, and it's not going to get any easier, and, you know, maybe in your case it won't get any worse, but most likely it will, Uh, especially if you have a rad teenager and, you know, we're going through puberty, and plus rad, it's, it's not the greatest mix, but I will tell you that it is possible for change. It's possible for improvement. It's possible for amazing things. You don't have to live in the dark. You don't have to um, not have an honest and real relationship with your rad kid. It'll take a lot of work. You know, you have to be one hundred percent in. But it's it's for the greater good, and you know, it can pay off if you do it the right way. Find the right strategies. Yeah, you you know, figure out your child. And just do everything that you can, you know, give them all the resources, find your own resources and uh, cope with it. Uh, yeah, uh, I apply think, solutions. I think saying, like, just so they know what you mean, it's not about giving them all the resources. That's not what she means. She means giving them all of the right resources for them. Right. Because a lot of these scenarios are heavily involved with the state and the state requires them to go to this kind of therapy and that kind of therapy and see all these other professionals that are not helping and they have no control over that right so like they're doing all these other things taking all these medications for all these other co you know coexisting diagnosis and maybe their gut is telling them to do something different but the state's saying you have to do it this way you know we have done all of of the things that have worked have come up we've come up with based on what you need in this house in the moment and that's where we've had the most, uh, that's where the most efficacy is. Like, we are more efficient when we determine what you need in the moment instead of relying on bad advice from uninformed professionals. Right. So what do you think? Do you think that if the parent has the ability and the authority to determine new methods, there's no, nobody writing anything about it, there's no doctor telling them to do it, but if they're at their house and they're like, I want to break through on this with my kid, I'm going to try something different. Like, what's one thing we always know works here? Uh, staying up really, really late. That's like a such a counterintuitive thing, right? Like, we, we don't want our kids to go without sleep, but when they are in full-on shutdown, level zero, no breaking yeah. through. It's the only way. Once we're – okay, so it's like, uh, it's like um, every day we put up a shield and we work yes. very hard to give out this stoic appearance yes. and – you know, show no emotion and feel nothing. And it's actually a lot of work, whether we realize it or not. Mm-hmm. And then by the time it's like, you know, three to five o'clock in the morning, that's usually my range of when I open up some walls. 
Um, the tireder it, she yeah. gets, the easier it is to yeah. force her to say the things. It's like the tired I get, the less I can hold on the, to it. Yeah, the less I can hold on to it, the less walls I can keep up. Yep, and we um, discovered that in a forceful way. Like, we could not get clear answers on anything during a, a certain period of time, this was a couple mm-hmm. years ago. And we drove to the beach and we said, We're going to sit in this spot. Mm-hmm. Until you break and you answer these questions, we need yeah. to know what you're feeling and thinking. And I just sit there quietly. it was it was tense, and then finally we just kept on and kept on. She was tired. I was like, nope, don't yawn, don't close your eyes. Like you are gonna be assertive. You want to be assertive? We'll be assertive. And eventually she broke, and she started answering the questions with a totally different perspective. And we were shocked. Like, okay, this is is this is this like a thing? Is this working? So we did a lot of research to figure out like why does it work every time. That we're in a really hard spot and we keep her awake. She knows now, of course. Okay, mm-hmm. we're going to break eventually. But, like, she was really resistant to that. She hates it when she can't go to sleep. When she wants... 10.30, I'm going to bed. I'm in sleep. Can I please go to bed early tonight? She likes to sleep when she's checked out. So now we know it works. We did the research. And, uh, like, my, you know, Danielle and I figured out through reading a lot of scholarly articles about sleep that we lose our ability to, to be emotionally... Um, controlled, the tighter we get. Right. Well, that validates it, doesn't yeah. it? And you know, you like uh, you may start out with you know keeping your kid up till five in the morning, but <laughs> it gets harder because it's like now my parents they have to keep me up like a full twenty four hours. <laughs> you know, like uh, it's it's not it, our only breakthrough. Um, yeah, we get method. there's more solutions, but that is the main one that we can say works every time. It's the one I hate to rely on, but, like, if we need to get through to her because there's a a chaotic or an emergency situation and her social circle was bullying or school or something like that, and she's so shut down, she's not telling us any of the factors we need to know about something that's Mm -hmm. going on, that's the only thing I know that I can, like, and it sucks for me, too, because I have to stay awake. So it's like, you know, it's a push and a pull, a give and a take, and there's a lot of sacrifice and alternatives to what we are trying now. We want to expose the radical realities of RAD, right? It's reactive attachments. We're trying to talk about it in a way that's really honest. But what we have to keep in mind is, like, we are going to be blunt here. We're going to be very clear about the caregiver's position. But at the end of the day, we absolutely love these kids. We're frustrated. We're burnt out. There's a lot of stigma attached with being honest about this, like that we're not we're not addressing the trauma and we're we're blaming our children. That is not the case. What we're saying is like let's stop with the innocence bias. Like a child, yes, it's a child, but a child can still do the things that they are being that are being discussed. Children are capable of manipulation, observing their surroundings and working the system. And like we have to work their system. Mm-hmm. I know objective, that objective, not subjective. Yes, there you go. So I am so excited about this for you, and I cannot, I cannot wait to see how it goes. Like it, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see the Facebook post, um, and to just really develop this 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 part of your life. And thank you for letting me come on today. You're welcome. Love you. Um, <laughs> I just want to say one thing. Okay. It's, uh, my last objective, when I think it's the most important. You don't want to save it for mom? No. Okay. <gasps> go ahead. Um. I want to, so my last objective, so I have four, I'm skipping one because it's not really important, um, <laughs> or in this, in this. It favorite, is important, but we'll get a, to yeah. it later, okay. Um, but my last objective is I want to reach as many caregivers in the RAD community as possible to offer my gratitude and support as a RAD team who is on the caregiver's side. 
Right. I am on your side. And I want to support you. And I think it's important that we all support each other. Because I feel like, you know, we all support each other. We're family. We're we're a community. We can get through the harsh times. We can work together to find solutions and opportunities. You know, maybe we have ideas, but, you know, maybe you have ideas that we haven't tried either. And that's Um, that's the whole point. And, like, I know that you mentioned earlier in the intro that um, you're going to be giving advice and reading stories. They can contact you um, yeah. on the, uh, Facebook and Instagram pages at mm-hmm. reactive attachments. Yep. And um, the email. so it's um, reactive attachments at gmail.com. Yep. And then on any social media, it'll be the at sign at reactive. Yeah. At, at sign. sign reactive attachments. Perfect. All right. Um, and you know, be sure to, like I said, like follow and then, um, leave your favorite emoji, right? Yeah. Breadsticks. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe that will be for, like, another one, but <laughs> I would like to see some family emojis because that's do it. what a lot of this is about. I'll get, the, I'll get the, uh, I gotta finish, I gotta finish your graphic, and you gotta finish writing your post, and we'll, we'll converge post and wait for those emojis to come in. Yeah. All right. See you. Love you. Love you. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.